right. Uh, welcome to the first edition of the WSU Daily Podcast. Um, I got a gift from Zoom. Um, uh, this is um, your owners of WSU Daily. Um, I'm Cole. You probably know me as Z. I run the Instagram, uh, make most of the tweets nowadays, and I make the edits that you see um, the posts. I'm joined here with my uh, good friends, uh, teammates, and colleagues, um, Cannon and Dylan. Uh, Dylan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, I more run Facebook now. Um, I was there on Twitter for a while. And on Instagram there at the very beginning, before like whole COVID thing and all that. But, uh, you know, excited to get the podcast up and running. Uh, I think it's going to be a it's gonna be a fun time for us, but it's also gonna be a step in the right direction and growing this and the people listening. We just, I want to sincerely thank you for taking time to spend listening to us talk about this. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited. All right, and then we also are joined by Cannon. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Cannon. I run the TikTok, YouTube, and uh, hopefully probably now the also i'll help edit the podcast now and uh yeah that's what i do for wsu really excited for this and uh canon you're joined by um your brother who uh many people might know as uh bingles who day on instagram mm-hmm. you'd like to say hi you'd like to say hi hello uh hi hi just hi <laughs> i i i run the uh, bingles account on instagram bingles.who underscore day i really appreciate a follow <laughs> All right. Um, well, our first um, our first podcast had to be something special. Obviously, can't just start on any old story. And um, what better than the return of the NCAA tournament? Um, I know uh, it's only been one season without it, but it feels like an ungodly amount of time since we've had a college yeah. basketball tournament. And um, it it doesn't it it feels equally like a long time ago, but equally is not that long ago when the world was turned upside down and we found out that we weren't getting the tournament, you know, right as conference tournaments were starting up. I remember Dylan, you and I were, uh, we were just starting the company. This is before Cannon joined. Uh, I was on my couch watching Syracuse take on North Carolina in the ACC tournament. uh, I remember just getting the hang of making the post and just (laughs) finally being able to like, okay, this is how you do it. And this, and uh, I felt like we were growing a little bit there. I'm not going to lie. It was, we weren't very big on shouting ourselves out. We weren't, we weren't great at that at the beginning and just beginning those followers. But then sitting there, like you said, watching, I think it was the Georgia and I want to say Vanderbilt game in the SEC tournament. And then finally getting that fans were cut off and fans kicked out pretty much. And the tournament was canceled. And like sitting there as a, not just a Kentucky fan, but a basketball fan and a sports fan in general. And just like, like this is real like this is actually happening like and it was like then we shut down for a while like there was nothing to cover there was a everything it happened really quickly i remember um it all started with the rudy gobert situation with the microphone i remember there was the the jokes and the memes about that and then um oh yeah he tested positive uh shut down the jazz game i remember i remember the day that the nba games were going on the Kings were about to take the court 
Like there were fans in the building that they were warming up and the NBA just shut it down. They said, stop. Uh, NBA suspended their season the next day. NHL followed suit. So that's hockey basketball gone. Uh, Yale was the first college basketball team to announce that they were no longer going to be doing their, the Ivy League in general said they were not doing a tournament anymore. They said Yale, their regular season champions would just go to the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so many headlines you can look to from that time. There's so many different stories, but to think like when you were living it, it was all happening so incredibly fast. Like there's so many different headlines. It seems like it had to happen over a long time. You know, it was like one day the Ivy League said no tournament. The next day the NCAA tournament said we're probably gonna have to reduce fans. Then they said no fans. Then Kansas and then Duke said we're not playing a season anymore. So then the ACC had no choice but really to cancel their tournament. And then all Power Five conferences canceled their tournament, which gave um, auto bids to the regular season champions. Um, a couple smaller conferences were still doing their tournaments. Um, the a- ACC tournament, for example, was shut down like as games were going on. Um, and then it came the dreadful story after the NHL and M- NBA shut down that uh, the NCAA tournament was canceled. There would be no college basketball tournament this year. There's going to be no kind of champion. It just won't exist and um not long after that nfl teams started pulling scouts um and it was just full full stop i mean it was one day you're sitting there on the couch watching some college basketball getting ready for the tournament next day um nba is gone next day um there's no sports i remember i got to some dark places i started watching some like 2k franchises on youtube i watched marble racing you know there's you just needed some kind of sports but there was nothing on you know you know, during the summertime, it's that because I'm a bigger college guy rather than watching like NBA, for example. I love to keep up with it and I'll, I'll be able to write off anything you need. But, you know, that summer, summertime in between college basketball got done and then there's football coming in the fall and look forward to. But it was literally like nothing. You know, I couldn't even like I couldn't even go to the NBA. Like, I couldn't just I couldn't watch a game. And for me, that just, like, was, like, okay, what do I do now? Like, what do I watch? Yeah. You know, it's like, then NBA announces they're doing the bubble, and I'm, like, yes. I was all for it. As soon as anything was coming back, I was so hyped. I did not care that, in some cases, you know, the games weren't as good or as eventful because there was no fans. I didn't care. I was watching sports, and I was loving it. Yeah. And then to get – finally get college football, like – I know I was constantly wondering, like, are they going to do it? Are they just going to go and see what happens and kind of create a path for other sports? But, I mean, you were talking about uh, college football, you know, how they're like, will it happen, won't it happen? That's kind of a big story with this college basketball season, too. You know, you've had teams, true, yes. like some of the biggest teams. Uh, Gonzaga went on a um, COVID pause to start the season. Luckily, it didn't hurt them too much. Baylor went on a COVID pause. That actually caused them to lose their first basketball game of the season. Uh, that was a huge pause. They were out for basically the entire month of February. Honestly, they they did not play really basketball in February. And you know, uh, and like, you had teams like uh, Louisville, who is the first mm-hmm. replacement. They were catching their stride a little bit there, and then they got hit with a. Louisville got ranked. They got ranked right before their shutdown, and then they lost like eighty. They they got they lost by like thirty points on their first return back to Wisconsin. It was a and bad loss. Was like it was like a bad loss, but then they started winning a little bit again, and then second COVID break and then they come out and get killed by UNC. And that's, like, that's a team that just yeah they never got a chance really. And so like I'm 
You know, as a very strong UK fan, it hurts to say this. I was happy to see Louisville be the first replacement team. You know, I was because honestly, I mean, it's crazy that one game they beat if they would have just beaten Duke in the ACC tournament and would have they would have been I feel that they would have been securely into the they would have got a bid and you know it's a they even like they can't they decline their NIT invite because they were like no we're and knock on wood that no teams get it like I don't want to be as a Louisville fan I wouldn't be wanting to wish COVID upon a team to get canceled but I I'm happy that they get to at least get might get the opportunity because I feel that they uh I mean there's there's still a big fear factor too like you know like let's say a team like you know uh let's say a team like Baylor for instance or Gonzaga that you know that has a chance to go deep in the you know go deep in the bracket in the tournament uh let's say one of them like has a COVID outbreak like that changes the entire outcome of a tournament yeah I thought it it was an interesting they came out, the NCAA said, all you have to have is five players. You don't even have to have a coach. All you got to have is five players to play. And, you know, as a basketball fan, I'd rather, like, a team like Gonzaga gets it. Like, I'd like to see them be able to try to compete with five players, but at the end of the day. But, like, then, those five players could literally be guys who are cowboys, honestly, you know, yeah. they're running and getting water for the starters. And it's, I, mean, I would be – interesting to see if they can compete but as a basketball fan that's no fun to watch a five team five person team so i think that's what the committee saying was the five person team i think if you get covid you shut down sorry i I hate it for you yeah and i understand like like a team like gonzaga though like they a 26 no team playing with five players and let's just say that i have appalachian state winning in the first like winning uh their uh, playing game, but you know, let's say Appalachian State Gonzaga's only playing with five players. Well, let's say Appalachian State beats Gonzaga in the first round if they had a COVID outbreak. Like that's like that's just crazy. You have a team like Gonzaga that's twenty six and zero and is really good and has a chance to go really deep. Get beat by a team like Appalachian State. Now, I'm not saying they're bad, but they're not on the Gonzaga level. You know, the Gonzaga level. I mean, I find it um, interesting point we were, we we're talking about how um, it could alter the outcome of the bracket, how it could change the bracket. I would say it already has in so many yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just talked about Louisville for one. Louisville is a tournament basketball team. They are a tournament team, but they're not in there because of those losses they got from having to keep shutting down. I mean, you look to other situations like like Duke. Duke, they beat, they won their first game against Boston College in the ACC tournament. They rolled over Louisville. They destroyed Louisville. If that team had gotten to play, who knows what they could have done? That team could have earned a chance to go to the tournament. If that Duke team caught their stride, they could be like a North Carolina right now, you know, who's just now getting their stride towards the end of the season, but looks dangerous. But that team, they shut down. They're done. Duke is like, they're, they're not Virginia. They're not Kansas. They're done. That ended their tournament chances. And I mean, even though on a smaller scale in the uh, MEAC, North Carolina A&T was the one seed. They earned a one seed in that tournament going in and they had to, they didn't even get to play a game. They had to stop as the one seed in the MEAC, and they did not get to play. Their season is done. That A team like that doesn't get an at-large bid. So Norfolk State is down there in the uh, play-in game as a 16 seed. And, I mean, the chance that either Norfolk or Appalachian State has to be Gonzaga is minimal at best. Yeah. But as we learned with UMBC, anything can happen, right? Any team has a chance. Yeah. And at the end of the day, every single boy on that team 
at NCANT thought they had a chance and they don't anymore. That's the same with Duke. Those those players, you know, I don't like Duke. I know you guys don't like Duke, um, but I feel in my heart like because you know we're all we're all athletes, we're all competitive. They thought they had a chance. They 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 had that speech. You know, I'm sure they got that speech. You know, your destiny is in your hands. You control your destiny right now. And they really, yeah. I bet they took that to heart. They believed they could win that tournament. They showed it against Louisville. They beat the crap out of Louisville in the ACC tournament. And they thought they had their destiny in their hands. And then it was ripped away from them. And now they don't get to play in this tournament. And I mean, you you talked about uh, Louisville um, hoping, I mean, obviously if you're Louisville, you want to be in the tournament, but you would never wish COVID on another, another program. But if that, like. I thought it was, I thought it's telling that um, Virginia is not traveling to Indianapolis till Friday. That's the last. That's the last day they're able to because you have to have seven days of negative tests. I mean, they, they're they're in isolation until Thursday, and so and somebody like on their team, a player on their team, tests positive, like that could shut that entire thing down for Virginia. Whether they have five players or not, that could, in reality, shut them down. And like, you know, uh, that's that's a lot to think. That's like. I can't even put myself in those players' shoes to be right. sitting there isolated from everybody else and be sitting like I thought it was I thought it's telling that um Virginia's not traveling to Indianapolis till Friday. That's the last that's the last day they're able to because you have to have seven days of negative tests. I mean they they're they're in isolation until Thursday. And so and somebody a like on their team. a player on their team tests positive, like that could shut that entire thing down for Virginia, whether they have five players or not, that could in reality shut them down. And like, you know, uh, that's, that's a lot to think. That's like, I can't even put myself in those players' shoes to be right. sitting there isolated from everybody else and be sitting like, I, this, I could, I could cause this to mm-hmm. not even get the chance to go out and mm-hmm. compete. That's as a competitor, I feel like, like, you know, not getting a lot of playing time and stuff. That's as a competitor, you're not. That's not. You feel that that just really sucks to not to know. I might not even get a chance. Yeah, I mean, the Virginia to that Virginia situation actually is also very impactful to the tournament as a whole and how it's going to be run. Because I don't know how much you know about that situation. The reason Virginia has every player in quarantine right now is because they had a player test positive who played during the series. They that player was active on the bench on the in the game against the against Syracuse in the uh, tournament. But what really hurt Virginia is the huddle. When they were in the huddle, the amount of times they were in the huddle, the TV breaks, it the amount of time equaled up in the huddle was the limit to how like how much how um how much time you have to be close to someone for it to possibly spread. So that huddle, being in the huddle, you know, every player in the huddle is why every single player on their team is under contract tracing right now. Every single one of them. So, you know, going forward, there's been a lot of talk. How do we get around this? We if, like, if, if you're a team like Arkansas or um, Gonzaga, are you going to risk getting in the huddle in the game? Yeah. If you know that one player, even if you have a negative test, that one player could have it and not show up on the test. Um, and then your whole team is done. You don't have five players to put out there. So what do you do? Do you put five players in a room somewhere? Do you just lock them away? Like, what do you do? Kind of got to get to the point here. Let's start off with the uh, the first four taking place uh, March 18th. Um, they start, is it Thursday or Friday this week? 
I think it's Friday, right? Thursday. Uh, Thursday. No, it's Thursday, right? Yeah. First game's Thursday. Um, first two games on. First two games are Thursday. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's get on. Let's get going with the first one. Um, fighting to be the 16 seed to take on Gonzaga, you've got uh, Norfolk State who won the auto bid out of the MEAC, um, or you've got Appalachian State who won the auto bid out of the Sun Belt Conference. Who do you got, Dylan? Um, I got, let me get all this situated. I got App State. Um, you know, I think they're hot, really hot right now. Um, I just think, um, you know, App State's kind of, they, they're a gritty team. And, um, I just, I like them because they're hot. And, um, and it was, you were just, you were speaking on it that, uh, it was North Carolina A and T that didn't even get to play. They were the one seed they didn't even right. play. You know, nor nor not to take away from them, but they might not even been in the situation if it wasn't for the back to the COVID. You know, right. and um, you know, I, I just like App State in that that matchup. Yeah. What about you, Cannon? Who do you got in this one? Appalachian State. Yeah, I'm, State? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying him, and uh, yeah, I have Appalachian State. Uh, and this is me. This is Monty Kale's bracket. We said basically. Appalachian State, uh, four out of the five of their players are actually averaging over 10 points a game. So, I mean, I mean, you take a guy, I mean, even like, I, I, I know I know enough about basketball. When you have four people averaging over 10 points a game, you're doing something, you know, that, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good team. You got to get. It's like different options people got. Like, you can't focus on one player. You got four different options. And I think their, their fifth starter was averaging 9.8. So I mean, basically all your starters are averaging close to over or close to ten points a game. So mm -hmm. that's, 50, that's fifty something points out of your, just your starters. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not even counting the you know backups and bench players. Right. So uh, I'm gonna go with the green with you boys on this one. Uh, I got Appalachian State beating Norfolk State. Um, Norfolk came from the MEAC, which is a, uh, it's, it's just not, it's not a good conference. You know, I'm, I love, if you guys know me, I love small conference basketball. I do, but the MEAC is just not a good conference. Um, they beat Morgan State in the championship game, I'm pretty sure. Um, they were not the one seed, uh, like Dylan mentioned, NCA and T was the one seed in that tournament. They had to go out with uh, the virus. They did not get to play. Norfolk's take out a bye, a free win in the semifinals because of that. They got to auto go to the championship game, uh, really set them up for success there. Uh, they're ranked 170th in the net right now. They have no quadrant one wins. Um, they've got five quadrant four losses at that. And earlier in the season, like throughout their season, they've been swept by Coppin State, who was upset in the MEAC tournament, uh, who Coppin State is 260th in the net right now. Um, Appalachian State, they're 210th in the net. They're they're worse than Norfolk in the net, but I think they just come they come from the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt um, is a stronger conference than the MEAC, undoubtedly. Um, they have quite a bit of quad four losses as well, but they they competed with a team like Auburn from the SEC. They competed, um, and they took they took down two one seeds and the two seed in the strong in the Sun Belt conference. So. You can't say that they're like Norfolk and got a, an easy path there. They had to earn their way to that uh, that title. Um, they took down both of the one seeds and a two seed to get here. Um, while Norfolk, I'm not trying to discredit their wins. They they kind of got a um, they kind of got an easy one. 
they did not have to play the best team in their conference, and they got put in the championship game because of it. So I like Appalachian State. I think they, uh, I think they're grittier. I think they worked harder to get here, and I think they, um, I think they're a better team from a better conference. So um, that moves us to we're just going to go down to the other lower level matchup, the 16 seeds that hope to take on Michigan in the East, uh, Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Uh, Mount St. Mary's won in the, um, I want to say NEC. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I think NEC. Uh, and Texas Southern won the um, the SWAC, if you will, the Southwestern uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference. So who do you guys, who do you have in that one, Dylan? Um, you know, this one was a little bit easier for me. Um, I got South, Mount St. Mary's winning this one. I think, um, you know, you look at uh, Texas Southern, arguably coming out of the worst conference in NCAA. And, you know, in the one, and, um, you know, I like Mount St. Mary's in that one. They come out of a tougher – I unlike you, I don't pay – as much attention to the smaller, the super small conferences, but you know, uh, they're coming out of a tougher conference than um, Texas Southern. But yeah, I got Mount St. Mary's in that one. How about you, Kenan? I will have to disagree with you. I have Texas Southern, and that's because I personally I believe this, right? Texas Southern was very strong in their confidence tournament, right? I, I personally feel like if, you, if you're a team that's really, really hot and you can continue a hot streak, I feel like you play better, you know, when you have that confidence behind you, right? And I feel like you guys can agree with that as well. But I have Texas Southern, Texas Southern over Mount St. Mary's. And, and usually in every, every year, there's always one shocker out of the first four. I mean, it's happened every year for the last five, six years. There's one shocker, but it's really – this is not a shocker to me. I feel like Texas Southern, I feel like this is a great matchup for them. Like that Mount St. Mary's squad matches up really well with Texas Southern. And I feel like Texas Southern just has a little bit of an advantage over them. It's going to be a tight game either way. I just thought Texas Southern win about like six. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Dylan on this one. I have a, a Mount St. Mary's victory here. I will disagree with you on one thing, though, Dylan. I don't even think it's arguable. Uh, the SWAC is the worst conference in college basketball this year. Uh, if you look at the net rankings, that is fair. If you look yeah. at the bottom of that bracket, the worst team, um, God love them. I love them. I hate to say this. I don't want to talk bad about them. Mississippi Valley State, the Delta Devils, at 2-22 and in the season, are the worst team in college basketball, which puts them lower than the Chicago State team who called it quits after going 0-9 to start their season. They canceled the rest of their season. Mississippi Valley State is ranked lower than them in the net. No, Cannon, I'll agree with you on the point of the, you know, hot team, the rolling. I just – it's the – it comes down to me, the level of competition. Yeah, you know? yeah and that, that, is, that is fair. If obviously, I mean, if you play higher levels of competition, you're going to – like, yeah, I, I, I can I can see where you're coming from on that perspective. If, if UK – we'll just put – they're not even in the tournament, so I'll talk about them. You know, UK decided, you know what, SEC – they, like, let's say they quit winning the SEC. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like they decided to move to the OVC, you know. And uh, I just – I wouldn't be picking them because they got hot in the OVC when their level of recruits they're bringing when, in. Yeah, obviously. Because, I mean, it's – Toughness. Yeah. I just – I wouldn't pick them simply because they're hot. And some yeah. teams, like, 
if an organ caught fire and it's like, okay, I could pick them in this game because they're hot. Yeah, and they, but they've played some strong competition. I don't know if the Pac 12, no discredit to them, is really great competition, but it's still a power five. Yeah. It's a deep power five conference. And they just, they're, those are, there's just a difference there. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can agree with you on that one. I can. And that's, that's what I was saying. I'm not going to argue the fact that they have definitely played better competition. I, but I do like an underdog story. I like a little underdog story. With with more um with more uh, numbers and oh, go off of here, um the SWAC like I said has the worst team in college basketball in the Valley State according to the net. They also have Arkansas Pine Bluff and um, who was the other one? I don't remember. But they're um in de- they're in the bottom fifteen. They have three teams in the bottom fifteen in college basketball, and that's that says a lot about that conference. But um yeah, I think it's Alabama State. That's who it is. Uh, their best teams, their one and two seeds in their tournament were Prairie View A&M, or Pavamu, if you will, uh, and Jackson State. Pavamu, their best team, their one seed, was 201st in the net, and Jackson State is 256th in the net. So their best team is worse than 200 other teams. Um, yeah. Well, they're 0-4 in Quadrant 1 games, which were all pre-conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they themselves are 208th in the net, and a lot of that comes down to that win over Prairie View. Um, they're what they're what people would call a bid thief in the uh, smaller leagues um, because they. Un, I mean, I would. I'm not trying to disrespect Texas Southern as a program. They do not deserve to be in the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. They're just not that good. And something else that needs to be looked at too with a lot of these teams is they have a losing record on the road, and every tournament game you play is not a home game. It's a neutral yeah. site, sure, but it's on the road, and they have a losing record on the road. Mount Saint Mary's is 159th in the net. Uh, they're from the NEC, and the NEC is not a great conference by any means, but uh, they don't have anybody in the bottom 15. So, um, you know, three to one here. Um, they also do have a quad two win under their belt, and a quad two win helps their case a lot, which proves that they can beat tougher competition. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not one to try to discredit an underdog story. I like underdogs, but I think that some mountains are too big to climb. I mean, that is fair. That that is that is fair, you know. But then you got to think about it, you know. And and it is about. There's also personal things that like. I mean, y'all y- y'all know we've played sports. All of us have played sports. If something gets personal, you care a little bit more about it. No, you don't really care a little bit more. You care a lot more about it. So let's say Texas Southern gets a little chip on the shoulder, and they go out there and actually, you know, they bully. They go. They bully Mount St. Mary's. Let's say that, right? But you're assuming that Mount St. Mary's doesn't have the same chip on their shoulder. They're both that, that is true. Them. Yes, that is, that is true. But then again, you, you understand. I mean, it's kind of like the David versus Goliath story. You have a guy, I mean, you have a team looking down on somebody saying, Oh, they should be an easy win. They don't they don't have their conference is horrible. They you know, they looked into the you know, they looked into the tournament, like, you know, we should easily beat them. And they go and they don't bring their A game, right? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that obviously can change. But I'm if we're going straight off of, you know, Competition wise, I would have to agree with you that Mount St. Mary's will beat Texas Southern. But personally, I'm going to go with Texas Southern just because that's looking I have a little bit of faith, you know? Those teams. Yeah, but also, like uh, a team like Mount St. Mary's, they could be overlooking Texas Southern. They yeah. could say, hey, let's, all right, let's go. How are we going to beat, how are we going to beat Michigan? Yeah, they just already look for it. Yeah, and I can tell you one team that's looking down on both of these teams. And that is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yes, yeah, fair enough. I agree that I mean, whoever comes out of this is going to. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an early exit. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll say one more thing before we move on to uh, the next game. 
I understand the points you uh, you're making. I understand the uh, looking um, it being a trap game you're looking for, but the only point I'll make against that before we move on is I would understand where you're coming from if this was Wichita State. But if you're Mount St. Mary's 159th in net from the NEC, I don't think you have the right to look down on anybody else. I don't think because they weren't they weren't the one seed in their tournament either. Uh, the NEC had Bryant as the one seed, so they had to uh, they had to uh, get some upsets to get here. So I I mean I I'd like to imagine there's some self awareness within that program to know that um, we're not in a position to where we are significantly better than them. We're both in low level yeah. conferences. I don't I don't I I. I'm not trying to describe, I, I know what you're saying, and I agree that that does happen a lot. It happens in every sport, you know, playing down your competition. Um, but uh, I don't think when you're Mount St. Mary's from the NEC that you are looking down on a team like Texas Southern from the SWAC. I mean, I, they're obviously, I think they're better, yeah. but I don't think they have that big superiority complex over them. No. Uh, yeah, well, that we, makes sense. That'll, yeah, we that do need sense. to go on to um, one of our big matchups here in the first four for the 11 seed. Uh, to take on USC um, in the West. Wichita State, who was the number one seed going into the um, AAC tournament, they got upset by number five Cincinnati by one point in the semifinals. Taking on um, Drake, the runner-up for the um, Missouri Valley Conference Championship, um, the two seed in that tournament, and um, the third longest undefeated team in college basketball. So who do you got on this one, Dylan? Wichita State or Drake? You know, I uh, I think, you know, it's it was a tough pick for me because, you know, uh, you got Wichita State who uh, kind of went on a run there um, at the end of the regular season who, which, let me know, they kind of got the easier side of the um, – AAC to get that one seed over Houston, which is a two seed, which is a big deal. But, you know, and you got Drake, who was hot in the beginning of the season, and, you know, they fall apart a little bit. But um, I feel like, you know, Wichita State's going to pull it out. Um, I say that because, um, you know, they kind of – they have something to prove. In my eyes, they have something to prove. They went into – they went into their – conference tournament a one seed in that tournament the regular season champs you know beat out a highly ranked all-year team in Houston for that one seed and then you get to selection Sunday and their four, first four team playing game when Houston's a two seed you know I, if I'm Wichita State I got something to prove that you know I was better than them in my tournament and in my conference that I should not be in this I honestly if you told me Wichita State kills Drake a little, not kill, but, you know, beat him pretty heavily. I would not be surprised just because I feel that they have that chip on their shoulder not, and not discrediting Drake for not having a chip on their shoulder because they got stuff to prove too. But in my eyes, Wichita State just has so much more to prove at this moment in time that I feel that they'll pull it out. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Ken? Who do you got, uh, Wichita State or Drake? Um, and again, I will go against Dylan. Uh, uh, I got Drake. Uh, Drake was the number four. Drake was the number four seed in mid-major until losing to Bradley. Uh, I think that on February twenty-seventh, and they're right now still sitting at number five seed in mid-major. And I think Caleb is some dad. Yeah, they they were they they were on pace to 
easily win their division until Loyola Chicago got um, – Loyola Chicago was, was up there with Drake. For the first half of the year, I thought Drake was going to win it easy. But then Loyola Chicago started winning by bigger margins. Yeah, and then the mid-major, um, that's the college insider mid-major. So, like, they're pretty accurate on that stuff. So, yeah, they were, they were – they dropped down to number 12 after that loss to Bradley. And then I think it was a – I can't remember how long ago, but it was, like, a couple games after that. They beat Loyola Chicago when Loyola was, like, ranked 21 or 22. So, they have a um, top 25 win under their belt. And they are, they were also one of the, um, one of five or six teams to have 20 wins by the end of, uh, Feb- by February 20th. They had, they had over 20 wins by Feb- February 20th. You know, I'll add, I'll add on to that point, um, with the Drake and Loyola. I remember this because I remember, uh, they played back to back games against each other. And, uh, I think it's, but I think it's notable to mention that, Loyola Chicago in that game before they lost to them dismantled them like they absolutely killed Drake and uh and it was I mean Drake needed the win they had to come back and respond whether a lose a close one or win like they did I think it's still noticed like it's still worth mentioning that Loyola Chicago killed them <laughs> at being like quite like being honest and uh, I think that's that's why I don't I don't, that's why I like Wichita you know Drake got Killed and they're inconsistent. I'll use the word inconsistent. After they kind of fell apart, there they kind of got inconsistent. You know, and that's that's why I picked Wichita. But also with Drake, that 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 win versus Loyal shows you they can get a win when they need to get a win. Like, and I feel like they they this tournament they are a team that could be dangerous. I still don't think uh, they'll move on past the first round, but. I think I think they beat they beat um, Wichita. Sure. All right. Um, for transparency's sake, um, well, before that, I will make a minor correction. Their first loss was to Valparaiso. Um, they had a close win over Valpo by two, but they lost to Valpo by double digits. Uh, that was Drake's first loss, not Bradley. It was Valpo. Um, they lost to Bradley after their Loyola Chicago loss. Um, well, he said they dropped from they dropped from four to twelve seed. Yeah, they were four. No, he didn't. Were, he didn't say it was a first They were loss. four, fourth in the mid major before they lost to Bradley. But right after they lost to them, they dropped back. Um, but I do think it's it's relevant to mention um, the reasoning. I mean, Dylan mentioned inconsistency after their decline. A lot of people don't. I mean, a lot of people don't follow uh, mid major basketball, so they don't know. Drake isn't just a team that collapsed. They had an injury. They're one of their good. One of their best players. Um, was out, uh, air quotes, indefinitely. Um, he might return for the tournament. We don't know. Uh, I do not remember that name. I wish I had um, got that information on me right now. I couldn't quite find the name. But it, it, I, don't wanna, I don't want to put the conception out there that this team just collapsed or they reached a cliff. Um, obviously, their schedule wasn't as hard as it could have been, but they are not the same team, not because they fell apart, but because one of their better players got injured and they don't have him. So... It's worth mentioning that everything they're doing at this point, um, to look at that maybe in a different lens, every win they've got, their win over Loyola, getting blown out by Loyola even, um, all of that came after losing one of the better players on their team. Um, I think his name was Roman Penn, if I, if this is correct. Uh, could have been. 
Um, I, I left, is it a left foot injury? I, I believe it was. I believe it was a foot injury. So then, yes, it's Roman Penn. Yes. Drake point guard Roman Penn out for the rest of the season with left foot injury. Yeah. Uh, they, I believe they worded it more vaguely. I believe they said indefinitely um, so that he could possibly return to the tournament. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's always rough uh, to deal with an injury like that, uh, especially one of your better players. Uh, so I feel like we should cut them a little bit of slack in that. But um, I will I will say it's not that uh, the tournament's not very forgiving. Uh, but for transparency's sake, yeah. I have two brackets I filled out. Um, I have my personal, you know, just my my initial reaction to um, filling out the bracket, my first thought. And then I went and looked at some stats, you know, looked at some numbers, looked at some research. And then I filled out another bracket based on that. So in my initial personal reaction, I have Wichita State. I said they're the one seed in the AAC. Uh, they were ranked better than Houston, who's in the top 25. So they had to be good. Uh, but I went and I looked at the numbers. I looked at some stats and I've got uh, Drake winning this one. I do because uh, Wichita State got, I don't know how they slithered their way into it. They got one of the easiest schedules I've ever seen in my life. Uh, being in the AAC, they had to play Houston one time, one time this season. Uh, they lost, by the way, um, obviously, but they, they kept it competitive for one game. Um, they never had to play them again after that. They got a consistent schedule of lower to mid-level um, AAC teams, and they won those games fair and square. They, they, they earned those wins, but they did not play a hard AAC schedule. They got off pretty easy in that regard. And um, they were upset by Cincinnati uh, in the semifinals by one point, and that's not a bad loss, but I know you can't really apply this transitive property when it comes to sports, but Cincinnati got demolished in the championship. Was it 30, 30 something points? Oh, it was bad. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. I, I turned it off after I turned it off after the first half. It was. It I was, mean, I know, I know you can't apply that. I know you can't say that Wichita would have gotten beat by that. That's not how sports works. I get that. Right. Yeah, it's worth it's mentioning right. that the team they were upset by got utterly destroyed in the championship <laughs> game, and there's no reason to assume that if Houston came on that on fire, that Cincinnati could, Cincinnati or Wichita could have done anything about it because Houston came with a chip on their shoulder that game. Um, Wichita is negative in quadrant one, which Drake is by the way. They're two and three in quadrant one. Uh, with um, a quad three loss, um, I think they got a lucky one seed. Um, Drake is 45th in the net right now. Uh, this is a little bit of a funny statistic for you. In in quad one, they're one and two. Um, and all three of those games are against the Loyola Chicago. <laughs> they have not played a quadrant one team other than the Loyola Chicago. They split the series and they lost in the championship game to Loyola Chicago. Uh, they did get destroyed in that first game. You know, I, I deal with injury. I was talking about the injuries there. Uh, but they, they, they got the win when they needed it most. Uh, they came back. They won by, uh, I think, one or two points. It was a close game, but they won it. And... Um, yeah, the score was relatively close. They didn't really ever have a chance to win the championship game. They kind of just hung around. But I don't think that's fair to judge them on that because Loyola Chicago, despite being a mid-major team, is a top 10 team in the net. They're a really good team this year. So the fact that they even have one win over a top 10 team in the net, I think just shows the potential they have. Um, you know, uh, I think Wichita State does not have a win that's comparable to a win over Loyola Chicago. They just don't. Um, and Wichita State could shock me. I had them in my initial personal reaction. I liked um, that team. I like Wichita State. I like the Shockers. Um, but Drake is a team I followed pretty closely this year. I didn't know much about the Bulldogs before this year, quite frankly. But I saw what they started off as. I, I really 
kind of fell in love with this team almost like I did so many other smaller teams and I followed them and I, they have two ugly losses against Valpo and Bradley, but I, I believe in them and they're neither team is going to win in round one, in my opinion, but I think Drake is going to make the tournament and I was ecstatic to see that they were picked for the first four. Um, and then we move on to the final first four game, which is for the 11 seed to take on uh, BYU in the East, a packed matchup for the first four between Michigan State and UCLA. Michigan State from the Big Ten. Um, Dylan, could you pull the numbers on how many teams from the Big Ten made the tournament? It was a lot. There are nine Big Ten teams. And let's see here. One, two, three, five teams didn't make it right out of the entire conference and that, um, I think that's so they came from a huge a, a big big uh, really star-studded conference the big 10 i would say it's the best conference of basketball this year i don't think there's any really competition to that um i mean the big 12 kind of looked a little competitive there and there i still think they're top three for sure but the big 10 is the best conference of basketball this year they just are there's no really disputing that fact um so that's a good team. And then UCLA came from the uh, weaker Pac-12, but not a um, not just a cakewalk conference by any means. You know, you have to win some games there. You have to get some. You have to get some good wins there. Uh, there's some. There's some tougher opponents. There's several uh, Pac-12 teams in the tournament. I think there's at least five um, that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Um, so I mean, it's kind of funny. It's kind of almost ridiculous to be calling them a mediocre conference that's got five teams from tournament, but you know, compared to the Big Ten, you know, it's like uh, Winnie Hyde Jr.'s over there. But um, UCLA started off the season ranked. Um, they took an ugly loss to San Diego State to start their season, and they've kind of dabbled in the rankings since then. So I, uh, Michigan State also started their season ranked up to four at one point, took a couple bad losses, and have dabbled around since then. So I've ranked enough about the setup. Who do you have, Dylan, Michigan State or UCLA? No, I think uh... – Michigan State is just uh, better built uh, to win this game and maybe even make a deep run because, you know, they've, uh, like you said, they started out and when both them and Duke were ranked and then they went to Duke and beat them early in the season. Um, and then, you know, they kind of had their spill and it's like what's happening to all these big teams, what's happened to Michigan State, what's happened to Kentucky, what's happened to Duke, and so on and so forth. Um but Michigan State down the stretch show that they can compete and show that they can beat teams. I mean, they beat um, they beat Michigan there at the end of the season. Um, they beat. I'm pretty sure they. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cole, but um, pretty sure they competed with uh, Michigan in the conference tournament. I could be wrong there, but I'll have to pull that for you. But I'll do that real quick. I think they are. You know, I think they're better poised. I just – I got them actually getting out of the first round, um, beating BYU. And, um, you know, I just – UCLA, they come out of a – they come out of Pac-12 where I just – I don't really think that um, – I just think that Michigan State's hotter than UCLA is. And uh, so I got, I got the Spartans winning it. Um, I will correct you, though. No, they beat Michigan um, to end their regular season, but then were upset by Maryland in the first round of the 
That's what it was. Yep. They Maryland say, competed. Maryland did compete with Michigan. They only lost by six. That's what, yeah, that's what it was. They they should have gone to play Michigan. I was right. excited actually for that one. I, I was because that would have been that would have been that third matchup in a row. Actually, um, they lost to Michigan in the first one, beat Michigan in the second one, and then they would have gotten a third matchup there, but it never came to be. Upset by Maryland, um, who's another team we'll talk about later. Um, so we had Michigan State winning. Um, Michigan State just it, it could be a close game. Um, I we we still think Michigan State's going to win. Um, Michigan State had that win that Dylan was talking about. Also, Michigan State their players have had more um, success than UCLA. Uh, they have a couple juniors and seniors. I think they have um, that have been in the tournament before. They have tournament experience. They know what it's like. UCLA hasn't really been in the tournament in, a, in about two, three, four, two, three years. Last time I remember them being relevant in a tournament was when yeah. they had Alonzo. Um, so we had Michigan State winning. Um, Michigan State just – it could be a close game. Um, I, we, we still think Michigan State's going to win. Um, Michigan State had that win that Dylan was talking about. Also, Michigan State, their players have had more – um, success than UCLA. Uh, they have a couple juniors and seniors, I think, they have um, that have been in the tournament before. They have tournament experience. They know what it's like. UCLA hasn't really been in the tournament in, a, in about two, three, four, two, three years. Last time I remember them being relevant in a tournament was when yeah. they had Alonzo. Yeah, Alonzo, like that was the last time they were actually good in the tournament. So that's what we got. With my two brackets, my initial reaction was to go with uh, UCLA. I looked at all the law. I just thought about all the losses I saw Michigan State take, and I thought UCLA looked, uh, was just better. Uh, I, I ran the numbers a little bit. I looked at some things, and I've got um, in my my realistic set bracket. I've got Michigan State beating UCLA. We keep saying Michigan State got that win. I don't even think that's fair to say that win. I mean, they start off their season and got some relevancy with a win over Duke, um, who, while they turn out to not be all that great, they are still a they are still the highest ranked uh, net team who did not make the tournament. Um, and they had a chance to make the tournament in the end. They got a win over Rutgers before Rutgers uh, went into like a full midseason collapse there. Uh, they got a good win over Illinois. Um, they got a win over Michigan. And they got a win over Ohio State also that really put them back in the conversation to even if this team could make a tournament. I think they're giant slayers. I think a lot of that comes to uh, being in the Big Ten, you know, being forced to play giants regularly. But those wins alone, in my eyes, outmatch anything UCLA has done all season. And sure, they've got some bad losses. The, the Maryland loss in the tournament is kind of puzzling to look at. But um. In the, in the same vein, you could say that uh, Michigan State has that bad loss against Maryland. What did UCLA do but get um, a good seed in their tournament and get upset by Oregon State? Oregon State, despite winning their tournament um, and getting in a bid, is got to be the worst Power 5 team in the tournament this year, undoubtedly. I, I think so. They, they were projected to finish last in the Pac-12 this year. Um, that unfortunately, I think went to either Washington or Washington State. They're pretty bad. All the players from Washington should go to Gonzaga. <laughs> um, I'm not really going to say that the Pac-12 wasn't, you know, competitive. But really, the, the best two teams in my eyes was Oregon and USC. Yeah. And then uh, and then, and then midseason, that was like one of the only Pac-12 games I watched because it was on ESPN. USC destroyed Oregon. 
it wasn't really even a question. I mean, the thing is, it just, it just, you know, just, I don't think that, that they will even, it could be close. I mean, I'm not going to say that USC, um, UCLA doesn't, you know, beat them, but I just think it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Um, I'll agree with that. I mean, with the Pac-12, it was a competitive conference, sure, but there's a difference in my eyes between, I mean, they're definitely competitive conference, but there's a big difference between being competitive, good, and being competitive, mediocre. And I think the Pac-12 is competitive, mediocre. I mean, for a little spoilers for my bracket, they have five teams in the bracket, and I have none of them going past round two. So, you know, I don't, I... Uh, they had some teams in the, they got Colorado, Oregon, USC, um, UCLA, Oregon State in the tournament. I don't think any of those teams are, I mean, by far, none of those teams have a legit chance to win the championship. I think that's pretty safe to say. I don't think many of those teams have a legit chance to get to the Sweet 16, better yet the Elite Eight. And I, and, I don't, I got, I got USC reaching the Sweet 16, but. I think it's still a stretch even for me to put that. Right. It be- built best to make it that far. Right. I-, I think that Michigan State has worse losses per se, but I think that their their wins by far outweigh UC. I think their wins outweigh the entire Pac-12 in my eyes. But I just I, – I know I started off saying that I'm not going to say the Pac-12 is a bad conference. I don't think the Pac-12 is that good of a conference. Especially for a Power Five conference, I just don't think they're that good. I think, I mean, for me, it's safe to say that they're the least competitive Power Five conference.